0: to think i was actually socially awkward but i'm not i think most people are significantly more socially awkward i mean if you were socially awkward you'd have been a loner in, in high school you weren't you had like a bunch of friends yeah so. i i conflated appearance like a, a shittier appearance with so exactly. being socially awkward it's yeah. like by by definition if you're fat you must be socially awkward yeah but, but it's, it's not, not it's not true at all yeah one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Actually, here, here we go. An organically generated topic. So it's this idea. We probably touched on this before. That you know, you need to always just start. You need to get that out there. There's no, there should be no waiting and no preparation to get to a threshold of of acceptableness or goodness or excellence or greatness. It's sloth. Exactly. It's that busy work. Yeah. And the culture rewards or not rewards the the whole landscape is so filled with that nonsensical ideology that you feel guilty and lazy when you try to make something good because i keep thinking oh maybe i'm just procrastinating thinking about the lights and the setup and the visuals maybe i should just be you know just press record yeah it's hard to say because at some level you do get it it depends right if you're if your issue is the medium or if it's the uh, actual uh, content—that's the issue. Because for us, the content is less of an issue, and the medium, how we want to present it, is the is the thing we're trying to solve. So therefore, it makes sense to plan and think about that. But for most people, it's the content they're trying to solve. Yeah, right. Not the. Medium. I get it. It's the form that's. It's the content that's the struggle, not the form. Yeah, that that's completely valid. But I was going in a different direction in the sense that from those videos, the point of view of those people who make those video. Uh, those advice videos. The reason I know that it's not sincere is because from their point of view, if you start right away, then you're going to click their affiliate li- links and buy this the gear. So yeah. in order to... Because if you think from their point of view, what's the win for them? The win is when you buy the gear. And when will you buy the gear? When you start. So they are incentivized to get you to start right away. And you can't remove that conflict of interest. Yeah. So that... It's also to, another conflict. It's the chicken shit conflict of interest where they want you to pollute the space with shitty videos to make themselves seem even better. Exactly. Sense, the more you think about it, the more you realize how many incentives they have for this kind of pathological approach to creativity. Yeah. So you're going to start shitty. You're going to buy more equipment that's crappy. You're The competition is going to be low. And they're going to keep... And also... By doing that kind of starting, you'll always feel inadequate, and you're going to feel like, oh, I need to improve more, and you'll watch their videos. Mm -hmm. Because the only way you can truly improve is not by watching their videos. By thinking about it. By thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. By having a day or two where you're unplugged, and you think about it, and then letting that mature, that process, instead of consuming random tidbits. But then during that maturity process, which is the opposite of sloth, society all the ideas of society that are floating around in your head since high school, since primary school, you you get punished by those ideas. And then you think that, oh, I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm self-doubting myself or maybe I'm delaying it because for whatever reason, you conflate thought with procrastination. And I think that's another inversion of vice and virtue, that procrastination isn't actually a sin, isn't actually a vice, it's actually a virtue. And the vice is actually not procrastination, but rather impatience, unease, the get it done mentality, the ship it fast quickly, you know, ship all the shit you can. Yeah, no, I've noticed this with a lot of people I've worked with and in my life as well, obviously, that like when something is incomplete and in the air, they're just anxious, so anxious, unable to just be calm. Yeah, they can't accept a lack of closure because they're fundamentally impatient. And that fundamental impatience, that's what comes down to the crux of the religious concept of patience. Because being patient, well, assumes that there is something that you specifically find difficult to bear. If that element isn't there, then being patient is, it comes down to an early conversation we had with with a certain someone. Patience in, in a situation which you personally are comfortable, that's not patience. Patience is only required when you are in an uncomfortable scenario and you are able to sustain that discomfort without malfunctioning. And without masking it with something else. Because if you're, if you're truly patient, you have to think about that thing. Yeah? Exactly. Patience yeah. is only... Doesn't mean you just start taking drugs. I'm patient, yeah. but I took my drugs to mask. That's not being patient. Yeah, that's just forgetting about the thing that you're yeah. trying to be patient about. Patience is accepting that pain point or whatever it is, bearing it and not using some kind of physical, chemical, psychological bomb to remove the need for to exercise patience. Cuz if you're high, you don't need patience. <laughs> or whatever if you're if you're drinking or smoking or taking crack or whatever it is you're doing binge watching a TV show it's like, oh, I can't wait for this thing that's going to happen 15 days from now. What do I do until then? Oh, I'll just binge watch TV for the time to pass. That's not patience, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if in those cases, most people agree that it's not patience. Yeah. No, it's like that meme of or that cartoon where some guy orders something and then you go stand outside and then sun rises, and sun rises until the mailbox guy comes and he delivers the item. You know, it's in some cartoons. I don't know if I've seen that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the original talking point you wanted to? Hmm. Vice and virtue. No, it was. It was. Uh. I've noticed though that all these lectures he invites. There's no Muslim. I know. Guest. Well, there was one the, or two. The last one. Yeah. Lust oh, yeah. and the other one. Yeah. Which oddly enough were the weakest guests. <laughs> Maybe that's why. No, the thing is there isn't. Muslims don't have a monopoly on good ideas. Yeah. They have a monopoly on the correct theology, but most of them can't even. Don't even understand that. So. Yeah, it's like they have a monopoly on the second half of the testimony of faith, <laughs> not even the first half. Well, because all the other religions. Well, I mean, yeah, some it, it aspects of them. It makes me like them. think like these people, like Dorothy Sayers and that woman. Like, what are their what are their core theological beliefs? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, they're dead, right? Well, I mean, that one's still alive, Dorothy Sayers. No, the other one. Oh, what was her name? Eva Ava, Brand. Yeah, Eva or Eva. I, How do you I pronounce it? I, I think it's, it's Eva, it's isn't it? I always pronounced it Eva, but yeah, maybe he it's He pronounces it Eva in MGS as well. Oh, okay. But she's German, I think, right? German or Russian? I think this one was German too. Yeah. Was no, she... I'm saying that uh, is either German or Russian. Yeah. No, even the Metal Gear was Chinese and half no, Chinese. She was and a half... Russian Chinese spy. Yeah, like yeah, Russian yeah, Chinese. Yeah, She's yeah, like yeah. a triple spy. Yeah. Anyways, completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. But you know what's funny? Cause, uh, well, it's not funny, but it's somewhat relevant. The whole idea of the sins. So, in Metal Gear Three, the characters, the pain, the fury, and uh, the sorrow—they're kind of similar to this. And so, what, let's let's list them all. So, what? Who's the first boss in Metal Gear? Uh, Ocelot, technically, right? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and he's the uh, the son of the Joy. So, technically, that's the Joy, which could be gluttony in a way. If you were to flip it around, I mean, ocelot is envy. I think that's his thing, right? Is or, he envy? I don't know. What's his? I don't think he's envy. Pride. Okay, let's let's go to the next one. <laughs> the pain, the the B guy. The pain. So the pain would be envy. The pain would be envy. Ah, uh, because the envious person wants to inflict his painful state onto others, bring people down to his. Well, well, not that. By being envious, you inflict pain on yourself. Envy creates pain in yourself first of all. Oh yeah. True. Right. But I would say once you're in that state of pain, then you want to bring the pain to others as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wants to By, I mean, wanting to cause pain in others it's is cr- a cause of pain in yourself. Yeah, so exactly. I guess the pain would be, and as we move through them, we'll see if we have to reshuffle these. So, and en- the pain would be envy. Then who do we have after that? Um. Is the end after that? No, the fear. The fear. So fear would be... Mm, I don't know if these fear, work. No, no, fear is the weakness. And it's connected to... So is the... Wrath. Fe- no, wrath would no, be fear. Wrath is fear. Yeah, I think fear is kind of sloth. Fear might be sloth. Yeah, because it's like you're afraid of doing stuff. And you're so you're afraid peril. of your own capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, then what do we have? The end. The end would definitely be... Be pride. Because he's like the best in in the, yeah, it's hard to. Because it's the denial of your humanity. It's a God complex, right? So the end proves to you, because these are the opposites, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fury. The fury, which would be wrath. And, and then, then sorrow. Sorrow would be lust or gluttony, I would say. Gluttony or lust. E- e- any of those ones that just even wrath yeah. can be sorrow, right? Wrath, gluttony, and lust. Yeah. You can make Ocelot pride and you can make Eva lust yeah. if you want to give other characters because there's only five, right? Yeah. So six and seven. He, he always has some kind of theme like that. Even in the the next game, those five Raven characters. Yeah, I forgot what they're Yeah, those was. were so or, not memorable. Was, yeah. Weak. That was a little weak. That was a little weak, yeah. I mean, he can't just keep churning <laughs> out. Laughing octopus and like... They were kind of, yeah, the animals were it's kind of weak like this episode. (laughs) Yeah. It'll it'll pick up. We'll keep going and it'll pick up. Yeah. Oh, you removed uh, the pedantic, the new pedant, the new pedant, the rising pedant. Oh, Oh, no, it's still there. Rising pedant is there. Do you want to address some of his? It's like I'm I'm interested in addressing them, but then so many days passed that I kind of like, ah. Yeah. He was the one who was kind of, talking about that he was getting annoyed at our dismissal of female education and and female scholars and female yeah intelligence. so i think i think with him with ninja cat the issue is that he was missing the point right he was fighting he was missing the what's that phrase the forest for the trees whatever phrase that is he was missing the forest for the trees is that the phrase no it's, it's not, not me, the phrase he, let me let me search it he can't see the forest except that, like for the trees. Yeah, like, he only sees the trees, like each individual tree, but not the forest. Yeah, but my point is, me, my inability to say that exact statement, and if someone says, "What are you talking about?" is also that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So whenever no, I, it's not your inability to say, it's it's someone's inability to understand. Yeah, that's, that's what saying, I meant. Yeah. yeah, not my inability to say. It. But the point is that humans have a very strong fuzzy understanding and whenever someone says to you what do you mean what are you talking about I always I'm suspect are you either you're really stupid or you're being malicious which one is it yeah because most people can understand things and if you claim not to then you're out for trouble and you know what this pedant this kind of persona reminds me of it's the the thing about the calf you know what color is it how big is it it's like this is when the this is where that whole. Uh, this is where the Sahaba or the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, were really. They were really uh, next level in this particular capacity yeah. to not pull this kind of chicken shit bullshit. Like they would just accept things. They understood the thrust of it, and they're like, we don't need to needlessly, you know, put pins into this. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. The whole crux of Islam is, not the whole crux, but, but a big a large part of it. Crux of of Islam and how its tradition is uh ha- has been propagated passed on, yeah. passed on is a test of your a test of your ability to not fall to your desire to be a pedant yeah. you know it's like the entire concept of hadith which are these little tidbits of statements and it's a bit vague it's yeah, never perfectly specific... defined but it's like that's the test yeah without perfect definition you should still succeed that's the fuzzy the mutashabiha the, the gray line that is the test yeah. if it was exactly laid out for you then you would have plausible deniability <sighs> about everything you commit you'd be like well th- that literally said to do that yeah. but by making it vague and this is the fuzzy language right yeah and these same people will fail in their relationships because that's a test too Right? If you think of the, the larger meta test as being the world, and then the greatest test within that, the lar- the greatest fitna, the trial, are women. Yeah. So if you, if that large test incorporates this fuzzy language or this lack of penetry, if you fail at that, you will fail at that test too. Especially with the biases that you have in this age, you are not well equipped to deal with women. If you combine your misunderstandings of their psychology with this approach, you're toast. The difference is your your di- your failure in in your religious aspect won't be immediately observable in real time. <laughs> yeah. So so you can delude yourself yeah, into think, thinking that you're effective. And then with women you'll get punished, but then you'll blame women. Yeah. I mean in some ways they blame, they blame God. God as, exactly. That's what the atheist does is like, why won't God just show himself to me? And why won't God just give me a hot wife who listens to me? (laughs) Why are women so evil? Why won't women just do everything for me on demand? The thing is, women don't like pedants. As much as I dislike them, my wife dislikes them more. Women do not like pedantic personas at all. And then they'll conflate pedantry with like talking like me. No, no, no. Women love that. What they don't like is pedantry, which is different from talking philosophically and actually making sense. It's funny because at some level, I conflate the two sometimes. And sometimes I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, yeah, are you interested? She's like, yeah, I love hearing you talk. So I'm like, you sure, right? I do that in chillage too, right? Sometimes, I'm like, are you guys getting bored? Because I can't tell. Yeah. Are these people bored of me? Because sometimes I think I'm kind of bored of me. Well, you would be bored of yourself. Yeah. The thing is, you your reference point is yourself, whereas for other people, their reference point is themselves. That's what I mentioned to you way back when you said like, I don't think my talking points are that good. And then I said, yeah, that's because your reference point is yourself. Oh yeah, so I guess everyone will think that yeah, they're, but because everyone yeah. evaluates you based on how they evaluate you. It's not, they're not, I'm not gonna look at you. And if you say something, I'm gonna think, oh, why didn't it match to the level of, I don't know, some Jordan Peterson video. Yeah. I'm not holding you to that standard. In fact, I hold you to a different standard in some ways it's higher. Like if you say something about relationships and it's off, I'll be like, what the hell's wrong with you? When Jordan Peterson says something, but if, if he's talking about some philosophical school that I know that you haven't read, read about, I'm not going to hold you to that same standard. <laughs> yeah. Maybe conceptually I will, but not uh, to the exact knowledge of the terms. It's not entirely clear to me. <laughs> that sounds like that other guy, that I British, don't. you know that British talk show host who's a bit chubby? The one who does the singing in the car thing? I don't know if he does that but he usually has lots of guests on a bunch of sofas. Oh, the drink and they are all they're all drinking. It's I like guess a they're wide drinking. sofa. Yeah, it's a wide yeah. set and he's like Scottish or, or something. Yeah, I don't know. And he, you you you, ta- you sounded just like yeah, him there. Yeah. Well, that just shows you how bad I am at accents. I could it could have been something, yeah. <laughs> no wait, I wanted to go back to his point. Yeah, one sure. one one thing he mentioned he, where one of the episodes, one of the episodes in the comments he links a Wikipedia link to list of all Islamic female scholars. Can I preempt this? Yeah because I was explaining this to my wife and then I opened up the link and I said look look at the link look in the ninth century there's like three or four and then there's th- three or four in the 10th century and then in the you keep going down and then the 19th and or 20th and 21st centuries have like this huge increase in female scholars which proves or which disproves this point two uh, two ways first the absolute number of female scholars is tiny compared to the proportion of male scholars. And secondly, this this increase only happened in the past two years, which is precisely our point. Yeah. But I don't know if that was... Yeah, because the, the quality, the, the degradation of quality of what it means to be a, a scholar... scholar has dropped. You know, and also female out- exposure recall, going to university yeah. and just thinking they know shit. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not to say that some women can't. There are those, but usually yeah. those women aren't arguing against the point that men are not there. Those, those women would argue for the, the same point that women should Yeah, in fact, that was the characteristic trait of that woman in the sloth lecture that Hamza was saying to her that he views her as uh, like a teacher figure, a mentor figure, but she was dismissing herself as like she doesn't know anything. She was undervaluing her intelligence yeah. because she just thought she's just a woman who's asking questions, which is true, but she was asking the right questions and thinking in the soundly. Right, yeah. yeah, she just, the, the biggest hurdle for women in their intelligence isn't intellectual capacity. It's men. No, it's their inherent character flaws. It's their ego and stubbornness that gets in the way of their knowledge. Okay. No, I was yeah. gonna say it's like men allowing them to think that they're intelligent. Oh well, that too. Well, yeah, it's men in a way not it's correcting like men their character. Facil- yeah. Men facilitate. So we're kind of saying the same thing. It's like the men yeah. facilitating the negative behaviors. So, so for yeah, women, egos. For huge. women, their intelligence depends upon their character. For men. Their character depends upon their intelligence. So generally men, in order to improve their character, they need to be rationally convinced and have discussions. That's why if, they, if you have like a male who's gone off the rails in some crazy philosophy, you can sit down and have a discussion with him and bring him back from the dark side. That's the whole uh, character arc in like uh, Goku and Vegeta and all these characters where they bring them back through dis- through discussion. But with women, it's the other way around. Their character if it's not corrected, they can't have that discussion to begin with. That's why the force is needed to correct their character by forcing them to behave, because action governs thought. So you force them to obey, and once their character aligns, once they start behaving, then they start thinking correctly. So you can't ask a woman to dress modestly and do this for these reasons. No, you tell her dress modestly, don't go on Facebook, don't go on Instagram, you can't leave the house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then By virtue of those behaviors being adopted, her intelligence will align and recenter back to just normal. And then she can do these kind of things. That's why a lot of these older women, previous generation, whose character was kept in check by men and society, thrive intellectually compared to their modern counterparts. Even compared to some modern men. Yeah. yeah. Well, modern men, in my opinion, are not morally bankrupt. They're intellectually bankrupt. Yeah, that's what I mean. So the, because their baseline of intelligence of the woman is decent, and then they, they were able to maintain their moral level, then they surpass the intellectually bankrupt <laughs> men of today. I wouldn't say that the character flaws can't occur on men, and that they can to be driven by their base desires to just want to do incorrect things. Yeah. No, I'm or, saying that with men, you can reason with men. Yeah, you yeah. cannot reason I with mean, women. I at, mean, at at the worst case, the men would co- would admit, yeah, I just want to have sex, you know? Yeah. I just, you know, I just want to... No, and, and if you think about it, the, the arrangement wouldn't make sense. If you could reason with women, then why would obedience to the husband be mandatory? Yeah, they would you just know. say, just reason with her. I don't contend with the point that you can't reason with the woman. I'm contending with the point that there there is a case where men would have bad character flaws and then they can't be reasoned with as well. No, I, I think uh, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. I'll tell you why. I think that men are misled by their false intellect. It's not that their character flaw is there in prison because men have to rationalize what they're doing, even if it's evil. So no evil person thinks he's evil. Yeah, no, and that's what I kind of said, where like th- eventually that conversation would lead to them admitting their rationalization for their bad character flaw. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But the woman, she knows she's Yeah, what she she's she doing. knows from day one that this, this is, is how evil. I behave yeah. and, and this is bad. Because and women don't have the same level of consciousness or even conscience that men do. That's why men are men are the female conscience in a way. Because women like like to they kinda well, they kinda do give responsibility to the man. So they're like, You're con you are my conscience, since you're responsible for me in so many. That's why the Prophet, peace be upon him, also had to correct this, this specific misconception. He, he told his daughter that on the day of judgment, you will be responsible for your deeds. Just by virtue of you being my daughter, you're not going to go into heaven. So he he stressed this point to his daughter, and it makes sense because he would do that because his daughter might think that, oh, because I'm your daughter or I'm your wife or like those relationships, yeah. by virtue of that, whereas the Sahaba... Even the ones who were guaranteed paradise still asked for forgiveness. So they were on the opposite side. They're like, oh, you've been guaranteed paradise, but no, 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 maybe we're still gonna, you know. Whereas the women, it's the other way around. So there's this assumption. Both sides have false assumptions, but they need to be corrected. It's female entitlement. Yeah, I mean, it is, right? And, you know, I was gonna tie this. Earlier we mentioned the Goku and Vegeta point, but I wanted to mention something about Piccolo. The reason why Piccolo... Why do, why does Piccolo hate Kami? Because of his his pride, right? Like No. Whose pride? Like Piccolo's pride or like his envy. It's like he doesn't want to admit that Kami is a is better than him in certain ways. No, like, but that's the thing. That's the fundamental misconception. So when Kami and Piccolo were one, you could think of it as the Nufs and Ru contained within one body. Now Kami, the Kami aspect of him. He could not contend with his shadow self. He could not contend with his animalistic base desires. So and then, so he, so, so he's himself. like, I'd rather kill that part out of me I'll, I'd rather castrate myself and lose all strength and vigor and any capacity for evil or good, and take this part out. And then Piccolo is like, you pathetic, weak old man. You couldn't even handle your own. You couldn't. You couldn't develop your own character so you excised yourself of all things. And that's why he always held him in such contempt. And that's why when Piccolo finally fuses with Kami, it's not Kami who's in control. It's still Piccolo. Because the real essence of Piccolo was Piccolo. Kami was the weak beta. Yeah. No, and it's because Piccolo actually... Because Piccolo could have technically done, you know, the same thing, but Piccolo actually overcame his base Without design. even having the ru. Yeah. So whatever little yang was left in him, or yin. Yeah. So this is like, imagine you have a yin-yang, right? Yeah. And you have the white section and the black section. So Kami is the white section with the black dot. Piccolo is the black section with the white dot. And that white dot overcame the entire black section. But I was thinking about this while watching this, because this whole vice-virtue conflation, right? And everyone... Frames Kami as this like epic guy. What does he do? He does nothing, he just stands and watches, yeah, with a stick. Right? (laughs) Piccolo, from day one, he kills himself like from a sacrificial act multiple times. Right? Like, he's like the crux of so many, right? He's like the opposite of Vegeta. Vegeta's creating problems constantly, he's solving them, constantly solving. Yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so it's an interesting uh, thing. Yeah, and and I always used to think like, why does he hate him so much? It's like because I I thought, hey, maybe I, I haven't seen the Dragon Ball episodes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even know that like I didn't even understand that they were one until I was rewatching it this because yeah. I never really like paid attention to Piccolo Kami like because like you know as a yeah. kid yeah just thinking about Goku Vegeta true, Gohan. True. <laughs> yeah so that's the whole that's the whole contending with the evil part of you and then it's, it's kind of like Bleach too. And that's why he didn't want to go back in. So he's like, oh, now that I do all the work and by your standards, you think I'm good enough, you are you want me to come back with you after you kicked me out of my own body? He, the honor part of him, this this wasn't home exile. This was body exile. And it's kind of like, you know, we were talking to a friend who was saying, oh, I wish men didn't even have this desire. Yeah, that's, that's the that same. That's that beta mentality, right? yeah. It's you want to go back in time and wish you were born an angel instead of a human. Yeah, right? it's like, oh, I just wish I didn't have free will. That's the, and and you know what's funny the the act the act of wishing that you did not have free will is an act of free will. So why are you doing that? If you don't want free will, don't even do that. You can't do that. You cannot talk. You cannot have a thought. You can do absolutely nothing. Stop. Well, I mean, breathing. if you do nothing, you would kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. you cannot make any conscious. The desire for a lack of free will is so contradictory at so many dimensions. It's contradictory at the logical level, it's contradictory at the existential level. It is the height of ingratitude. To not want free will or to reject it is probably the most ungrateful like philosophical paradigm you can hold as a person. Cuz it fundamentally rejects all divinity cuz the 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 most Kind of awe-inspiring or amazing aspect of divine creation is the human soul the free will aspect of it because everything else is amazing but free will is insane free will is the limit of our cognitive ability like we cannot comprehend it because we're using free will to comprehend free will itself so the only thing that your knowledge of free will should do is should create a sense of gratitude but if you're going the opposite way where you're saying i wish i didn't have it that is insanely ungrateful that's, I don't even know why you'd say that. I think one thing what these guys need is, because, you know, they don't have this base substructure of of Quranic verses. They don't have like, uh, they don't have proper scripture that's in the back of their head that's deprogramming them from all the Western propaganda. So, you know, one, one uh, and I find this really odd that most scholars, especially Western scholars, they never mention this particular surah. And I'm talking about Surah Rahman. I haven't seen a good exposition of this particular surah in the sense of gratitude, because everyone talks about, oh, life is so hard, we need to struggle, we need to think, but that entire surah, the thrust of it is like, how can you deny the, the favors of your Lord? And it's repeated so many times to drill a point home that this world is already so close to utopia. You deny those favors, you're breathing, you have access to food, water, shelter at base level. Even if you don't, you're still alive. And the moment you don't, the moment you don't have access to those, you just die. And even if you're alive in a negative state, your your overall feelings of pleasure are still significantly more than your overall feelings of pain. No, right? and also like think about it: if you don't have food and water, right, you will eventually just die. Imagine you didn't die and you would just stay hungry and thirsty forever. Yeah. So that pain is just, okay, it's an indicator that there's going to be a little bit of struggle, but then you die. The mercy of death is present. Pain can never sustain itself because life is finite. So it makes no sense to be ungrateful that you have some amount of pain when there's all this pleasure available. It's this denial of pleasure, and uh, it's, it's ungratefulness masquerading around as activism. It's like, oh, we want to improve the world. No, you're just ungrateful for the world, and you think it's shit celibates are ungrateful to god yeah improve yourself <laughs> forget about improving the world <laughs> you missed my point i you? did yeah they are they are 100 <laughs> percent ungrateful to god. it's like if you wanted to wish for celibacy that's the i guess that's the whole thing you're, you're yeah you know, that's that's the gist of it yeah it's actually piccolo who wanted to fuse with kami though like he doesn't want to but he wanted to to get his strength back that's why he was irritated at him because he wanted to fuse with him and he rejected him again yeah he's yeah. like no i don't want to Right? He did say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was like, he was waiting to figure out who Cell was, I think. But, yeah, yeah. Because Kami was so scared that he would become evil again that he'd rather the entire planet get destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, I mixed that part up, but uh, it's absurd because Piccolo's already a good guy at that point. He's doing what those, it's like the toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. Like, you're a toxic male. I can't. Yeah. What else is there? Vice, virtue violent commitment pacifist departures i guess that's the whole thing pacifist departure that's literally kami right yeah so this was with violent commitment to your own capacity of evil but also violent commitment to your spouse yeah and i use the word violent intentionally because violence isn't negative it's only negative when the means when the end is negative yeah Violent just means to, violence just means to do something aggressive. With vigor, yeah. yeah. like People will conflate that so, on. Yeah, people without I mean, any yeah, sense you, of. You need to violently manipulate your wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. Not influence her. <laughs> passive, passive influence. Yeah, <laughs> violent manipulation is necessary, but don't do it and struggle and then complain on Reddit. About women and. Uh... And then call us toxic and live your single lives drinking drugs, buying stuff. Drinking drugs?